This episode is sponsored by Kendo UI. Kendo UI allows you to build better apps faster. They have a comprehensive library ranging from data grids and charts to buttons and sliders. Plus, you can use their components as plain JavaScript as well as in Angular, React, and Vue. They have a large collection of customizable popular themes like Bootstrap and Material. Go check them out at reactroundup.com slash kendo UI. here today with a new episode of React Roundup. And on our panel today, we have myself, Tara Manisic, um, acting in as host for now. And then we also have Nader Dabit. if you'd like to say hi, Nader. Hello. <laughs> and then our special guest that we have here today is Joe Eames to talk to us about the Framework Summit. Hey, everybody. Um, so we are very excited. Um, we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, um, and instead of me trying to fumble my way through a description, we will hand it off to Joe to tell us a little more about this awesome conference. Cool. Well, I think it's interesting to kind of go through the history a little bit of the conference. So I've been organizing conferences now for like six years, and it wasn't very far into that. I was working with a co-organizer of mine who's um, a somewhat... Uh, prominent member of the React community, Merrick Christensen. And he was helping us organize NGConf, the uh, big Angular conference. And he kind of had this idea of, at the time, uh, Vue wasn't really on the scene. And Ember and Angular and React were kind of the big players. And he said, boy, wouldn't it be cool to have a conference that was like all of them? And so in our minds, we actually called this the Tri-Conference, Right. And he, he threw Wait, this idea. Wait, is that like, is that try like three or like try all the frames? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We should have had, we should have had you in that brainstorming session. That's a great idea. Try the frameworks, right? Skyway conference. <laughs> uh, at the time, we were far more simple-minded than you, Tara. So it was just T-R-I, like, you know, Triforce, like from Zelda. So, um <laughs> He, he kind of proposed this idea. He threw this idea out and, you know, a few people nodded their heads, but we were busy with doing our, we were working jobs and organizing NGConf, but it sort of stuck in my head for a long time. And then over the last few years, I just saw more and more reason to have a conference um, focused on this because of a couple of things. There's really two parts of it that inspired me to spend a bunch of time and energy to work and try to throw this thing together. And that was one, um, frameworks are for web developers, probably the biggest decision that you will make, the most impactful decision you'll make is which framework are you going to use, right? So it's, it affects just about all aspects of your development, uh, as long as when you're, when you're developing on the front end, right? So that was part number one is it's just such a big thing that having a frame, a conference about a framework, uh, matters because of how big a deal it is in your job. Part number two was um, I started seeing a reasonable amount of uh, religiousness, you might say, in the frameworks where people would say, this framework is the right answer, this framework is the wrong answer, something like that. Or uh, they would argue over which one was right and which one was wrong, not arguing over their technical merits or which might be right to use in our scenario, but but more about which one was right and wrong. And boy, I lived in the days of Backbone when Backbone was the right thing or jQuery was the right thing or Knockout. And now here we are in the days of uh, Vue. Uh, is Vue the right thing, you know? So I'm not a big fan of arguments over right and wrong when it comes to technology. Been around long enough to know that technology changes, but I am a fan of learning. So the second reason for the conference was really to expose more people to more uh, aspects of other frameworks so that there's less talk about what is right and wrong and more talk about what is or is not uh, going on in a framework, any technical aspects of the framework, how they compare to other frameworks from a technical standpoint, but getting away from the religion aspect of a framework. So those are kind of the two reasons that uh, I got passionate about this project and started working on it a few months ago. And uh, six, six, eight months ago, I started working pretty hardcore on it. And we're now about six months away from seeing it come to fruition. 
Hey. Yay. <laughs> uh, I, Nata, did you have a point you wanted to make? No, I was just kind of thinking how it's a really cool idea because like once you start getting involved with a certain technology and you start following people on Twitter, you create this um, echo chamber mm-hmm. and this bubble where you're kind of like not exposed to things and, and it's not a good thing. So, um, you know, I'm always wanting to learn new things. and I know other, all the other developers are as well, but sometimes we only see the things we're interested in and then we get down these rabbit holes um, where we don't have time to kind of like dive into other stuff. I think it would be really compelling like to go there and like be, you know, one of the conferences to go to um, to kind of expand your, you know, your, your horizon and just kind of see what's out there and get out of your bubble. I'm kind of wondering, like, is this a multi-track conference where you kind of choose like what framework you, you kind of subscribe to or is it all like one track so you're exposed to a bunch of different things? Um, before I get into the format of the conference, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that you said, which was these sort of thought bubbles, right? And a little bit of an echo of what I said earlier. So I attended ReactConf year one. Um, part of the reason that I did was because I'd reached out to the Facebook team at the time, uh, proposing that this was before I reached out to them before ReactConf was a thing and proposed to them that they have a ReactConf and I offered to, uh, to organize it for them. They decided to do it internally, but invited me to uh, come out to ReactConf. So I was out at ReactConf, and I remember several people coming up to me who knew me from uh, the Angular community and said, oh, hey, Joe, what are you doing here? Are you here to scope out the competition? And I found that so odd because, I mean, I'm not employed by Google, for one thing, but two, like, I'm a technologist, not a, a... I'm not a technology, right? I don't compete with React. I don't compete with Angular. I don't compete with anything. So I just thought it was so weird that people had this view that, I mean, I know that I'm, I, was, I was and still am very big in the Angular community, but I had this uh, problem that there was this strange view that, hey, you are now siloed. You are this. You, you, I, my identity became this. And I, I really didn't like that. So I found this, that idea of this, um, echo chamber to be very true, right? Like my reach into other communities outside of Angular is fairly limited, but I don't want other people in another community to say, oh, sorry, you're not part of our community. Uh, We don't want to, you know, we're not associating with you or, I mean, not not that people would ever really say that sort of thing. Can't sit here. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But I don't want people to think, oh, you are or are not part of our community. Instead, I want, I always want a community to be whoever is showing up at the time, right? Well, you have to you have to think too that um, when it really boils down to it, if with all of these frameworks, we're all dealing with components. We're all dealing with what's happening in state. Like we're all dealing with a lot of the same things throughout all of these frameworks, and uh, you will have times where you change and you fluctuate between different frameworks. And it's always good to understand. Um, what's going on with the different frameworks. But as Natter was saying, it's so hard to keep up. Like if you, like I follow uh, some of the main newsletters for React and Vue and Angular. And it's just like, I usually just have to like skim (laughs) the interesting articles to like keep up with each week, everything new that's changing and coming out, which is really great. But to be able to kind of merge these communities together to get people talking in all of these communities, Um, I think it's a really nice idea, even on the community um, aspect of it, let alone the technology side of it. Um, But I think that's that's very exciting part of it that I just realized (laughs) with you talking about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you sort of discovering what what I discovered as I started moving through this was a lot of people are creating this and growing this beyond the ideas that I originally had. Uh, we have a huge organizing team, 12, 13 people. Uh, That's organizing. amazing. And all of them are fairly uh, prominent people in whatever communities that they are part of. So we started off with a few ideas and a lot of those ideas have been abandoned and we've got like this current iteration. So I'll, I'll return back to your question, Adder, which is uh, the format of the conference. So the conference, this is one of the f- things that actually has sort of preserved from the beginning, which is uh, it's a two-day conference. And it is both single track and multi-track. Day one is a single track day and day two is a multi-track day, right? And the idea behind that is, one, we want to start off with everybody all in the same room. And we want everybody to be hearing things There's about 
hearing things that apply to not just them, but to everybody in the room, right? And there, as you were saying, Tara, there is so much that applies to more than just one framework. We all have to deal with change detection and um, how do we display stuff, uh, routing, those sorts of things. There's so many, there's far more that the frameworks have in common than they have uh, in different to it, from any reasonably objective view when you it comes right down to it they just they, they they do far more of the same things and solve far more of the same problems than they are different so day one is going to be things that are applicable to everybody which kind of comprises two things one is if i'm not if i'm stuck well i won't say stuck if i primarily work in one framework i may not know a lot about the other frameworks so on day one there'll be information coming to me from other frameworks so we have official representation from all the major frameworks that are going to take some time and sort of give a short kind of state of the union type of uh, address, 10, 15 minutes to talk about where the framework is at, where it's been, where it's headed, so that people can be up to date and aware of that. That'll be a little tiny bit of the morning. And then the rest of the day will be talks that will be selected from the call for presenters that apply to more than one framework. And what's been really interesting about this is, man, I've heard of some really awesome ideas just coming out. So I'm really excited to see when we open up our CFP, what sort of ideas come out of this where people say, you know, I want to do this or I want to do that. I saw one of my, uh, great, the great talks that I saw at ng-conf was Dave Smith giving a talk about running React within Angular. Um, one of my other most favorite talks that I've seen was at React Rally last year, where Evan Chaplicki, the creator of the Elm framework, gave this amazing talk on technologies that emerge simultaneously but separately and how they look similarly, you know, to solve an existing problem. And he talks about the virtual DOM and the way that Elm solves that, uh, that same problem in their own um, unique take on the virtual DOM. And it was a really great talk. Fantastic talk. So that's day one. And then day two is multi-track where we can have more of the same, more talks that might apply to more than one framework, but also talks that are specific to a given framework so that people can dive deeper into either the framework they're already working with or a framework that they're interested in that they aren't working with. I saw that you already have a really great lineup of people. Like you obviously have Chris Fritz talking about uh, React, Stephen Fluin talking about Vue, and then... Um, no, no, no. Sean Larkin talking about uh, Basil. You totally had me going. <laughs> but no, Chris Fritz obviously talking about Vue, Stephen Fluin talking about Angular, and I'm guessing Sean Larkin may be talking about Webpack, possibly. Right. Right. <laughs> but it looks like a great lineup of people that you already have coming in to talk about these. Um, because I just saw Chris Fritz talk at uh, ViewConf US mm -hmm. um, and just hearing everything that they're going through with their documentation and uh, he's working with Sarah Drasner to make their documentation better. And then, uh, yeah, just like everybody, like I'm already excited, even with the ones that you have so far. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, we've got an amazing lineup. I got a few more speakers that I'm trying to slowly that have already uh, accepted that I'm trying to slowly add to the site so that there's, you know, updates and some activity and excitement rather than just slapping on everybody at once. Um, so I do have to ask though, because it is a really nice site. What did you use to make the site then? <laughs> <laughs> I used a tool called Webflow. <laughs> have you ever heard of that? I haven't. So it's, Sort of a business-specific or, or more scaled-down version of uh, WordPress. It's, I think it's very similar to Wix, if you see. Oh, yeah, I've used Wix before. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so it's a somewhat of a drag-and-drop. I just bought a theme, did some drag-and-drop, and then it has its own uh, CMS or database. And then that way I can – I actually put it all together, but I can easily let – uh, some of our logistics team manage like adding speakers and creating the sessions and stuff and that smart. Know. And then you're yeah. not biased either. Yeah, and, <laughs> it's not biased at all. Right. <laughs> well, and for a, a, a site like this, which is all just content, no real interactivity, right. Something like this makes a ton more sense than using a framework. And, you know, if I were going to do it with the framework, I'd probably use something that did static compile the static HTML sites, you know, um, um, you mentioned like some of the content of the talks that you kind of like to see yourself. Are you one of the people that kind of looks over the call for speakers here? 
Yeah, so the whole organizing committee will be involved in the uh, talk selection process. So we did invite quite a few speakers, but we still have plenty more speakers that we have to select. So I will be one of the, when we, we're going to open it up at the beginning of, I think, May and close it in the middle of June, I believe is the dates. And I will be part of the people, just one voice looking at and select, helping to select the talks. Can you kind of go over what you personally like to see in a, in a talk submission for people listening that might be interested in? Um, yeah, absolutely. Like not only going to, as an attendee, but maybe that uh, submit a talk. Natter's asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, so I think one that thing that's going to be unique about this is not just that a talk we're look, we're looking for lots of talks that are about multi, things that cross more than one framework, but I think more than most other conferences, especially conferences that are focused on a single framework, we can look for novel and unique talks. So I think for this, I'm really looking for those novel and unique talks. Again, like I think it's an example, Evan Chaplik, I, I, I almost wish he hadn't given it at React Rally because it would have been perfect to give, perfect talk to give at uh, this conference. But um, something that's unique that you wouldn't see it somewhere else, which is kind of the point, right? This, this uh, framework summit, this is about a unique take on these technologies. So I believe it also then therefore gives a platform to say things you would have a difficult time saying somewhere else. If you're going to a framework specific conference, they're not likely to select a talk that talks about another framework just because it doesn't apply to a lot of the people, right? They're going there to hear about that thing. On the same token, if you go to, say, a very general JavaScript conference, they might select a talk like that, but they're also going to be looking at it and saying, well, we only have room for two talks about Vue. So rather than selecting the one weird, uh, unique, very out there talk about Vue and React working together, we're going to select the basic Vue talk and the slightly more advanced Vue talk, right? And then they then they got to throw on all their Webpack talks and their CSS talks. So this is kind of a unique place. So I think that the start is it would be a good idea to look and try to um, come up with good ideas. And man, as I talk to people, so many people come up with such amazing ideas. One, somebody said on uh, Twitter, they said, I would love to see a talk about shared vocabulary because somebody in Angular will say ref variable and somebody in React will say uh, props and they're talking about the same thing, right? Um, I think he may have said a specific kind of prop. But anyway, he says they don't know it. They're, not, they're talking about the same thing and they don't even know it. So I said, I replied back and said, well, I really hope you submit that talk because that sounds like an awesome talk. And again, where are you going to see that kind of a talk? Um, so talks like that, obviously there's a place for the deep dive talks, like I said, about a specific one. But I think when I look at talks, the number one criteria is going to be, is this novel? And hopefully uh, we'll be selecting a lot of talks that are about multiple frameworks. But of course, when we select the talks that are about a single framework, um, then it'll be a more traditional selection process where it'll be a matter of, all right, this is a good talk. Is this, if it's a talk about Angular, would we see this at ng-conf? It's a talk about React, would we see this at React-conf, right? What are the, are, are these the, those kinds of talks? So good, clear um, talk titles. I think that um, one of the things that a lot of people can do wrong when selecting talks, or sorry, submitting talks, is to come up with a really clever talk title that's too clever, right? Some of the great talks that are out there have had very clever titles. But the problem is, is that if you get too clever with your talk title, then you lose the point of your talk, right? If you get some theme, right? We got an 80s theme for ng-comps. We're seeing a lot of, we saw a lot of submissions with 80s um, in, worked into the name of the talk. And in many cases, they lost what was actually going on in the talk because they tried too hard to fit with the theme. So it's better to be safe and to submit a talk where the title is clearly um, gets the point across is what the talk is. Um, one of my favorite talks was about concurrency. And in the, the name of the talk was uh, A Road Diverged in a Wood and I, I Took Them Both, which was, you know, a st stealing from a line of uh, Robert Frost, I believe, in uh, one of his poems. But it was, then the subtitle was Concurrency, right? And it was such a, it was a great way to, to come up with a funny, unique, clever title that also talked about what the talk was about, which was concurrency and being able to do two, you know, multiple things at the same time. So 
I think that that's important is having titles that are cl- um, clear, right? Clear note, is more important than clever. A note on that is that you also lose some of your audience. So mm-hmm. even if you do get your talk accepted, like I I can't I recall um, which one it was, but it was in the beginning I had a talk title and people were like, oh, that's what that was about? And it's just like, oh, shoot. <laughs> it's like, because like a lot of times when you submit a talk, you're able to give the um, the people who are on the panel a little more information, but you can't always, you know, sometimes, you know, people are just seeing a schedule with just your talk name on it. Right. So you also may be losing audience when you, when you are too, too creative. <laughs> right. And, you know, this, we're kind of getting into just general uh, CFP submission advice, but the next thing is in your abstract, you should be clear about what you're going to cover. Never leave uh, the selection committee wondering, are you actually going to cover this or not? Uh, you say you're in the title, you're implying, you know, you're going to cover this, but you aren't clear about what you're actually going to cover in the talk. So being clear about that. And that will be useful for people who are listening to this podcast who may want to submit to a little conference called ReactConf. Um, I'm going to drop a little bomb on you. I'm organizing ReactConf this year. So, oh, so there is a ReactConf this year. <laughs> there is a ReactConf. And depending on when this gets published, that might be the first notice of... Uh, the fact that there is. Hold on, let me go on Twitter and. Um, <laughs> can we just can we part two Joe Eames and it's just on a React Conf then? <laughs> right. Just a two no, no, hour no. show. <laughs> no, no, no! Don't don't get on Twitter yet. Uh, <laughs> their official announcement. So. That's so cool. Um, okay, cool. Um, I wanted to, if you don't mind, touch on um, the f- part one of what you're saying about Framework Summit, um, about the fact that uh, it really is a hard decision when choosing your framework um, because it's not just for the front end that is a tough decision. Because like when I was a backend developer, we had to figure out what of tools we were using that would fit with the framework we were using. Because uh, we went from Backbone to, um, oh, and I just forgot the name of it. It was the one that came out from Anyet. Uh, and uh, we had to figure out what tools would work with that both on, you know, as far as uh, what databases we were talking to that would work well with the front end. So this is really kind of like a full team decision that you have to make as a developer to understand like what's going to survive (laughs) in the ecosystem. Well, and the ecosystem. So not only are you choosing your framework, but you're choosing the ecosystem around it and the tooling that will help you either, you know, really hit a lot of roadblocks and headaches or find forums and a lot of people and a lot of community using it. Um, So I think that's, I think this is a huge decision. It's really great to know that now we're going to have everybody (laughs) in one place to talk about it. Right, right. Definitely. Um, and then one thing I was saying before we started was the fact that um, I've, because I do um, progressive web app talks, and I like to show the different ways to build progressive web apps with the main, with Vue, React, and Angular, um, because there are a lot of overlaps, because you're basically using some of the same surrounding technologies to build progressive web apps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would have people come up to me because I like to get critiques from people. And I've had people say like, you know, this is a blog, this is a fill in the blank conference. Uh, you, you know, some people don't really care to hear about these other frameworks, but then I would go in line and go eat lunch or go out for, you know, the social time afterward. And we would constantly talk about the other frameworks and what was going on and what was good or bad about them in comparison. And someone had just switched from this one to this one. So it seems that that conversation was out there in the community constantly. Um, did you hear a lot of that in your other conferences? Um, absolutely. You know, that hallway talk is always about the things that people are really personally interested in. So I, I hear tons of that sort of talk at uh, the other conferences that I'm involved with or other conferences that I just attend, right? What are you doing with your current job right now? What are you doing on the side, right? What are you playing with on the side? And people are always talking about, oh, I just went and played with Vue and I love it. I just went and played with Vue and I don't see why everybody is so crazy about it, right? Those are the conversations that happen all the time because you know, this industry does attract people who are passionate about what they do. And so they oftentimes go home and play around and they're stuck at work, you know. It's funny, a lot of the attendees from conferences, they're not working in what the, the conference talk, if we're talking about a specific conference like React Conference, they're not working in it, 
but they are doing it on the side, right? They're doing it at home and they're passionate about that. They just happen to be right at the moment doing a job that they aren't uh, as passionate or working on a technology that they're not so much passionate about uh, at the time. So man, those conversations happen all the time. Yeah. And that's that's what I hope to hear is like those conversations actually are a core part of what's going on at the conference at Framework Summit is what are we doing? You know, what am I doing right now with my time? What am I planning on doing? What am I interested in? What am I looking at? What's been your experience playing around with this? You know, I love talking to people who've done Elm, for example, because it's such a different paradigm. Yeah. And now, you know, Reason is becoming popular in React. And so that gives uh, people, you know, yet one more thing to talk about. Like I've done Elm. Well, I haven't done Elm, but I have done Reason. And what's, you know, what's similar, what's different. Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. That's what, um, I've talked to a lot of people at conferences too that are doing research. So they're basically saying like, we need to move off of this framework or, you know, we feel like we're falling behind because everything we have is on jQuery and like, how is switching to this one? How is switching to this one? But they're there at the conference, like it's a specific conference, but they're there just to research because it is such an important decision. Um, and Ken Wheeler actually just did a talk at JazzCon about reason. Um, and he was extremely stoked about reason. Oh Yeah. <laughs> To say, to say it mildly for Ken Wheeler. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for the day when I can author Angular and Reason. <laughs> there you go. That should be a talk at a framework summit. Yeah, that would be, that would be very cool. Can, <laughs> I wonder, can you author uh, Vue in Reason? Is that possible? Hmm, I'm not sure. I'm, I, we'll, we'd have to ping Ken Wheeler to find out. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so what are what are some of the things um, that we maybe did not talk about yet that you're really looking forward to about? Because this is this is the very first framework summit. So uh, so what are you looking forward to? Um, I think one thing worth talking about is the location. Right. When we named the conference, uh, the summit, it spawned in my mind this great idea of, hey, you know, a summit also has two meetings. Right. One is people getting together. Uh, to talk about something and two is actually like the peak of something. So we started looking at where would be a great place to hold the framework summit um, that also follow, followed along with that sort of theme. And we found this great little venue up in Park City, Utah. So for people who have never seen like crazy big mountains, Salt Lake City sits at the base of these crazy big mountains. And to get to Park City, you drive up through the canyons, and then you, it's like you're in the middle. It's like being in the middle of the Swiss Alps. There's mountains coming up on the sides all around you. It's, there's the Olympic Park where the 2002 Olympics were held, and there's just mountains everywhere, and there, you practically can reach out and touch them, and it's this beautiful sort of um, touristy type of a town, an older town, mining town, but a uh, very dynamic um, place to be. So I'm really excited for the location for sure. There's some really great pictures on the website. So it's in Park City. Yep. Cool. Because I've been to NGConf a couple of times. And one of my favorite things was going to Park City. Oh, really? During my extra day and like going skiing or snowmobiling. So I'm guessing in October, like there'll be snow on the ground. No, no, no. Way too early. So what will be cool is it'll still be warm. Now, Park City is never like hot, hot. 
Um, but it'll still be warm. It'll be chilly at night, but it'll still be warm in the day, but the leaves will all have turned. So like, this is like visiting the Northeast in the fall, you know, when all the leaves turn their beautiful colors, the leaves all over will be, the mountains will just be absolutely gorgeous in the fall time. So I highly recommend anybody listening to just Google image search this place because it looks so idyllic. It's so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, it truly is. It truly is. So I'm excited about the location. Um, I'm interested to see what location we choose for the next time. You know, Um, there's a lot of really cool places to go that would still be in the mountains. Um, Another thing I think that's worth discussing is just the type of person that uh, would consider going to the framework summit, like who's our target audience, right? Obviously, it's anybody that's interested in technology, but there's another couple of, I think, obvious things about uh, who could, who would likely be the right audience for the framework summit, or at least an audience that doesn't have a normal place to go, right? So, one of the things that is great about it, again, because we're talking about multiple frameworks, is if you happen to be on teams that work with multiple frameworks, right? Where else, where else are you going to go? Uh, if you go to a general JavaScript conference, there's probably not very many talks about the frameworks that you're working with. So that's one. That's obviously one. Another one is just people that are working with one framework but want to be are interested in something else, right? And want to hone up their skills and pad their resume so that they can then make the switch when, um, when it becomes appropriate. And then, of course, obviously is people who are considering or in the decision process of moving to another framework and are doing research, even if they have decided what framework they're going to move to, they still want to do research about what it's like to move from that the framework they're on to the new framework, right? So I think those are um, that's it's another interesting thing to talk about. Is and that was one of the things I was happiest about or happy about when we created the framework summit is just thinking about hey, we're giving a place to solve a unique set of questions that aren't really answered very well at other conferences. They are somewhat, but certainly they're not nearly as well answered as they are at the framework summit. I've talked to people who, um, especially people that work on um, either consulting firms or uh, like marketing places where they are reaching out to different clients and they are kind of like, "Ah, I kind of feel like this framework would be better than this other framework, but we use this framework. And they're like, oh, I want to learn this other framework. And I think that's always been one of my favorite things about conferences is you get to sit in a seat and learn, listen from somebody who is like, is there to explain something well to you about right. a framework or a tool or a library. And um, all that time that you were going to like put aside your quote unquote free time that we all know does not really exist <laughs> um, to learn something new. Now you're in a place surrounded by people that not only can you learn from them and learn these new things, but then go out into the social time and be like, oh, you work with fill in the blank. Can you answer a question about, you know, like I I was just, you know, at ViewConf, I was talking to them. I was like, okay, so computed properties, (laughs) please tell me more about this because it sounds like watched and computed are the same thing. And it's actually Chris Fritz that he's like, well, yeah, if you're not, understanding this well i'm the one that writes the docs this is my fault (laughs) you get to see these people in person and talk to them about any questions that you know you've googled 50 times and gotten an insufficient answer so so that's i mean that's really great for people who have wanted to set this time aside to learn something like this is a good place to actually sit still and listen and learn yeah Uh you know, and there's another interesting thing about this is you're going to have um, framework creators and writers from these different frameworks and uh, high-level community experts in these different frameworks, but all together at the same place, right? And it's a small venue. It's a small conference. The maximum attendance we can have is 400 people. Oh, so yeah. there's going to be a lot of opportunity to interact with and talk to not just somebody who's an expert in framework A, but also framework B and C, right? That's amazing. It's, yeah, so if you have questions about more than just one framework, right, this is one of the great places to go and get those questions answered because you'll have opportunities to talk to people who are experts in all these frameworks. Yeah, one of the things I was thinking of when you were kind of going over that is a lot of the value will probably be in the hallways and at lunch and after the conference, kind of uh, just if someone is there to kind of make those types of decisions, they could easily run into people to kind of do that. So, yeah. 
Right, absolutely. And that's sort of my my shtick as a conference organizer. I go to a lot of conferences, and um, I have seen conferences that do community well and ones that don't community do community well. And that's always a focus at the conferences that I organize is how can I get people to not just sit in a room and watch a talk? Because if that's all you're going to do, you could just watch the YouTube videos online, right? The, so why bother unless... Unless it's simply, well, my boss is basically paying for me to go on vacation. I just have to sit in a room for a few hours so that I can get the rest of the vacation, right? But there is so much more value to be had outside of that room with talking with other people, talking with community members, the high-level ones that are the very prominent ones, excuse me, that are talking about a lot of things and what very well known and just the other attendees, right? And I can tell you so many stories about people that came to one of my conferences and got inspired because of what they saw. I think what Tara, you were actually saying, um, I think I really believe in that you go to a conference and if it's a well done conference, you come away inspired to really do something big, right? So, so many people have taken their career to the next step because of what has happened at a conference, getting inspired to do something. So, uh, I, you can anticipate that at Framework Summit, you will see the kinds of encouragement for socializing and creating uh, connections to other people and connecting with other people that are, go far and beyond uh, the typical Microsoft, hey, we're going to have this room and there's going to be some more d'oeuvres and some drinks. That's going to go on for an hour and that's what we're going to do tonight, right? And then that's it. And so most people go back up to the room and just sit on their laptops and code or watch TV. And that's not the kind of conference that I like to run. I like to let run the kind of conference where people leave with five new friends. And so you can expect to see those sorts of things at Framework Summit. We've been doing that for a long time with NGConf and uh, making these sorts of things happen. And I and think I have- that's the best part of the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I have to completely attest to NGConf because that was one of the first conferences that I went to that um, not only did I get to meet amazing like people who actually were on the Angular team, but also I left and just had new friends. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> I love these people so much now. <laughs> I right. know we just met, but... <laughs> Yeah, totally. Actually, NGConf was the first conference I ever went to as a developer. Oh, nice. really? Yeah, it was the first one. And I remember going there kind of like I live in Mississippi, so I'm like away from the whole tech scene. But I've always, you know, I was following uh, the I was following Igor on Twitter and I was involved with um, I'm not involved, but I was keeping up with what was going on in the Angular community and all this stuff. And, and when I got there, I was like meeting and seeing these people that I've been listening to on podcasts and following on Twitter and like to me they were like my heroes and like just being in the same room I was just sold on conferences from that point but it wasn't just kind of that experience but the people that I met there uh, I've continued to have relationships with and be friends with and I've learned in my career is you know I felt like my career has totally benefited from those experiences and yeah I just fell in love uh, you know with with that conference or with conferences in general there's right. been better you know some that are better than others but um yeah, but I guess I guess with you, I'm kind of curious. You've been organizing all of these conferences. Uh, I'm sure you've learned a lot. Can you kind of talk about the experience of organizing a conference? I think that would be pretty cool to hear about. I know it's a, a huge thing to talk about, but maybe just briefly. Right. Well, one thing I can say is that if you want to organize a conference, find somebody who has done done it before and have them help you out. Right. That's a great thing is to have some experience because my my experience was I was kind of a co-organizer on a small, very small little regional conference here in Utah called Utah JS. I helped organize it for a couple of years. And then myself and four partners, we decided to organize NGConf. And we really had no idea what we we're doing. And we signed these contracts that in retrospect were actually an absolutely terrible idea. We were so optimistic as to, so overly optimistic as to what would happen. We just so, we just happened to be lucky that everything turned out, but literally we had signed our names to a quarter million dollars worth of obligations, right? That's, that's how this, uh, this works if you do it at a hotel. So we had a ton of risk on the line and 
you know, there was all kinds of freaking out about where we're going to sell tickets or where we're not. When tickets sold out in, I don't know, 10 seconds, we were all very happy, but um, we, we were kind of foolish that first time. But boy, organizing is such a unique activity. And a lot of pe- people, I think, get into it for the very right reasons, which is they go in and they start volunteering on some conference that's going on in their area, or they just have an idea and they just figure out and put it together. And that's what I love about organizing is um, with few exceptions, people that put together conferences do it because they love the community, right? Um, So they want to give back to the community. They want to see people get together and benefit from that. And I love that aspect of organizing conferences. I love the aspect of seeing people benefit and having their careers get better, making connections that are going to take them home. Um, but man, it can be crazy, you know? And we're here a couple of weeks before NG Conf, and I spent about eight, 10 hours a day dealing with that, and it makes it hard to get regular work done as well. But um, that's kind of a like a high-level overview of what it is, you know, what it feels like to organize a conference. It feels like you're hanging out in the wind with not very much uh, protection, for a while and then things get better or maybe they don't. I've organized some conferences that have lost a lot of money and it's kind of a unique feeling. But when it does come together and you see all these people show up from all over the country or the world or your city, depending on the scope of your conference, and get together and all sit down and learn and grow together and that nothing beats that feeling for sure. As a conference attendee and never an organizer, uh, there is, I mean, I can't, I can, you, as an attendee, you can tell the difference from when something is organized well or not. Like it kind of, you feel it even in just the crowd vibe. And mm. like I had been to one that I won't name, <laughs> like <laughs> a year before NG, for my first NGConf. And I was like, I don't understand what's the big deal about conferences. Like I'm just surrounded by a bunch of people in suits and we go from one room to the other. And it was just like, no, no breaks for like food. There was a lunch and then like no small breaks for food or anything. You just went room to room. And the after party was in a beautiful place. It was actually a huge natural history museum, uh, but nobody really talked to each other. Everybody just kind of like huddled around food and stood there. And it was like, (laughs) And then everybody went home. And then so I was just like, okay. And I like started a job where I would be doing a bunch of conferences. And then it's like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) But then like NGConf was completely different. Like there were so many, and like getting my glimpse into it this year, seeing that, you know, how much you and your team care about um, when people are getting a break to get food in them, when people are getting a chance to socialize and just what their experience is going to be at the conference. I, that seems super daunting. I don't think I will ever organize a conference, but I'm very happy that you do. (laughs) (laughs) I really like your conferences. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) So, um, so just to, can you give us some more of the information, like the dates uh, for Framework Summit? Yep. So the conference is held October 2nd and 3rd. Uh, workshop day is the day before on October 1st. Again, up in Park City, Utah. Um, call for presenters. The I think the official dates are, it's open, opens May 1st and closes right about June 15th. I don't know that we've picked exact dates for all of that um, yet. And um, I know I will not, uh, I know companies that would also work with all frameworks that would probably like to sponsor. Are there sponsor spots and information? Yep. We have our uh, premier sponsor already, type.io has um, taken the premier sponsorship. We've got one of our golds locked up and a second one, but we still got a couple of gold slots left and quite a few silver slots left and um, tons and tons of bronze slots left. So lots of opportunity for sponsorships. And obviously we're interested and excited to get sponsorship dollars because that pays for the attendees to um, have all this, you know, it it covers everything that the attendee tickets just don't quite cover. The accoutrements. Yes. The accoutrements. (laughs) It's the difference between having a box lunch and having a nice buffet. (laughs) Well, I would, 
Oh, so just real quick on the sponsor note, I like in my mind, I feel like this would be a great sponsor thing because these are people who are interested in trying new things and like right. going in. So it just seems like a pretty great opportunity. Yeah. And I think that we'll probably see that there's a few, a little bit higher percentage of decision makers showing up to a conference like this, right? Because um, so that would be a good thing uh, from my perspective to uh, try to attract sponsors, but there's all the sponsorship info is there on the website at frameworksummit.com. So, and you can also follow us, follow us on Twitter. It's just at framework summit. So you mentioned workshops. So the workshops part of the call for papers or is that something separate? No, we only have three different workshops that are going to be able to go on. We don't have enough slots to do an open call for presenters. So we're inviting, we've reached out to invite workshop presenters to present on workshops. So that's just a full day, you know, we're going to actually, a full day I want to learn this topic, mm -hmm. right? Do you want to tell us a little bit about those workshops? Well, we don't have them nailed down quite yet. So mm -hmm. the idea is we're looking for what will be most, what the topics that will be most popular and we'll probably have, the. I don't think the workshops will really cover multiple frameworks because there's, I have yet to see a format where that would really work. So we'll probably have a workshop, uh, one React workshop, one Angular workshop. And it seems like what everybody in the world wants to do right now is learn Vue. So we will probably have a Vue workshop as well. That's what I anticipate we'll see. It sounds uh, like you're covering the bases with that. <laughs> yeah. How do you figure out <laughs> what people are wanting to learn and see and hear about? Um, you know, a lot of that's just the experience that I have from the other um, conferences that I organize. I'm a full-time educator, so that's something that I spend a lot of time trying to figure out and look at because I get paid to teach people things that they actually want to know about. So when it comes time to what do people want to hear about, that's there's as much art in that as there is in science, you know, or science in it, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, Vue is a very popular topic right now. A lot of people are getting into Vue. Advanced Angular and React are very popular topics right now. Um, I mean, we could we could talk a lot. We had we ran a really interesting survey at ngconf where we asked people what they wanted to hear about specifically relating to angular and you know even though angular is the current version of angular not ang the old 1.x but like the current uh, angular not angular js is still on the newer side it's a few years old and people are tired of the introductory content about it so you know, these frameworks that are more stable, like, or been around longer, like React and Angular, people are getting a little bit tired of the introductory content, and they're starting to look for more intermediate and advanced content. So, um, but like I said, it, you know, it really, it just depends. You sat through our uh, selection process for ngconf. You saw that. We just, you get, there's so much of looking at uh, a particular idea for a paper and debating it and saying how much do people really want to see this how much don't they and you get surprised all the time one of our most popular topics at ngconf is docker right which is yeah. not an angular topic but that is perennially a very popular topic so I, I wouldn't say that i was surprised that docker is popular i was just surprised that a lot of people are choosing to go and see like it would want to so go see a docker talk or docker workshop over other types of talks so um that could you know might be more applicable with the theme of the conference like more intermediate or advanced angular topics they want to see docker so it's a that's a tough one really to figure out everything but it takes just got a lot of work and a lot of ask talking to people and hopefully you get it right sometimes you get it wrong but that's okay I completely do not envy your speaker selection for this conference. Because <laughs> I mean, like knowing what like such amazing talks that came through for NGConf and now you're opening up your gates even wider <laughs> to right. even more amazing people and amazing talks. Right. Yeah, I don't envy that at all. Right. Good luck, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. But you have a really awesome committee um, or uh, organizing team on this whole conference uh, with John yeah, really Papa, do. Sean Larkin, Sarah Dresner, Tracy Lee, this Joe Eames guy, whoever that Never is. Heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's there's even more 
Um, and of course, Sunny Day, who is amazing. Right. Um, but yeah, you, it sounds like just uh, you've got a lot of really great people. I can't even imagine what you all are going to pull together on this. Should I name them all? It's also Murphy Randall, Tyler McGinnis, uh, Dan, and Merrick Christensen. I always think I say Dan's name, last name wrong. Waleen. Waleen. Dan Waleen. Yep. <laughs> yep. A lot of people want to say some, they read that and think, is it Waylon? But oh, I always want to say Wallen. Waleen. Waleen. So it's like he's leaning on a wall. Waleen. Yep. Got it. Yeah. You want to know something funny? I had a sort of a Freudian slip. Uh, Sunny Day, her act, her, that's her maiden name. Her last name is actually Leggett. Yep. And uh, I've known her for a while, but she was, I knew her when I first met her. She, her name was Sunny Day. So when I put her up there on the site, I actually put up her maiden name. <laughs> you didn't mean to do that? <laughs> I didn't because what was funny, you know, if your last name is Day and you decide to name your child Sunny, it's a little bit of a joke, right? And so, <laughs> I still call her Sunny Day because she's always such a bright, happy person, you know? Totally. She is. So I'm so used to calling her Sunny Day. I basically put her my nickname for her up on the other days. <laughs> I got to go up onto the site and fix that. <laughs> you also owe me for uh, for finding that on your website. I do. Yeah. I, got <laughs> here. I guess I got to, it's time to pay up. Before we run out of time, I also want to mention the fact that you have a really great deal on your early bird tickets. Yep. Yep. And those are until what May first. Yep. Yeah, we only got like a month left before. Yeah. Go up. Yeah. And this uh, this is a very exciting conference. I'm. I, it's like one of those things where it's just like, how how has somebody not done this yet? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I I agree. You know, and there's just there's lots of topics to have, and uh, I think that there's also. Uh, a lot of opportunity to take crazy gambles and uh, on something. So I hope that this turns out to be as amazing and as epic as I hope that it, it will be and that this conference lives on for a long time as an opportunity for people to come together from a lot of various places, uh, both geographically and technologically and, um, you know, in, in all other respects, uh, and come together and talk and learn and grow and go back to their jobs and do even more amazing work and just make this world just so much more amazing. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so I think we're running on good time to go through and do picks for today. If everybody's ready for picks, Nader, do you feel ready to do your picks for you, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Just enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Loot Crate is one of my favorite things. Every month I get a box in the mail, costs less than $20, and it comes with all kinds of goodies. I have stuff from just looking at my shelf, Batman, Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and much, much more. So if you're a geek, a gamer, anything like that, and you want cool stuff to put around your office, uh, cool t-shirts, comic books, etc., then definitely check out Loot Crate. To save 10% on your new subscription, go to lootcrate.com slash ruby. Again, that's lootcrate.com slash ruby to save 10% on any new subscription. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Sure. So I've been looking a lot into React uh, Vero or Vero React. It's basically a way to build AR and VR apps using using React. So um, it's actually you, you compile and build a React Native. But um, it's it's been really interesting to to kind of deep dive into it because you would think that like this would be super super hard and complex stuff to do building AR apps, but um, and it is, I'm sure, like what they've done with this framework, though, is they've abstracted a lot of this stuff away. And they just have a massive API that you can pretty much do anything with um, just using React. Um, I would say there's probably around 50 or 40 different uh, APIs and components. And each one, you know, has anywhere between like half a dozen to two dozen different props that you can do to pretty much do and manipulate anything. So if you're looking to learn AR or VR and you already know how to write React, then check out Vero Media. It's really cool, and um, I would I would uh, say that 
it's one of the things that I would look at next if you're kind of interested in that stuff. Joe, would you like to go? Yeah, absolutely. So my first pick today is a blog post by Brandon Morelli, uh, the creator of Codeburst.io, which I'm not personally familiar with, but there's this great blog post called the 2018 Web Developer Roadmap. I think a nice topical pick here where he puts together this really awesome graphical drawing of, and he actually has, there's a, there's a front end one is the first one, but there's also back end for web as well. But he kind of lays it out, like start with the basics and then you can get deeper. There's JavaScript, CSS, and then they get into frameworks and just kind of lays out this map of visually of the different technologies. And it's kind of fun to go through and hear it say, all right, well, I've dealt a little bit with that one. I never tried that one. And he even has his recommendations says, you know, these are the things that I recommend and here's alternate choices as well. Um, just color coded. So it's, it's, even though there's a blog post to it, it's really just this one little graphic, almost like a flow chart that shows starting from the basics and moving your way down. Great, great, great blog post. So that will be my first pick. And of course, we'll have a link to it in the show notes. But if you look up the 2018 Web Developer Roadmap, you'll probably find it on Google. And then my other pick is going to be role-playing games. Uh, in the last year, I've gotten back into... So when I was a kid, I played a bunch of Dungeons and & Dragons, and now I've gotten back into it. But I play uh, you know, a little bit with my friends for fun, and I play with my kids. And uh, I'm a big fan of Dungeons & Dragons, but I've, I also like other types of role-playing games. And just like a week and a half ago, I played the My Little Pony role-playing game with a friend and his two daughters who were 10 and 13. And, you know, in this day and age, uh, especially if you have kids, but even for us, we get so involved in our technology and our phones and we have this sort of disconnected, uh, I don't know, way we're going about our lives. And we feel like we're connected because of social media, but we're really not. So getting together face-to-face with other people and doing something uh, together for fun is great. So it was funny because when I was a kid, um, parents hated that we were playing role-playing games because they wanted us to be out running around, right? And nowadays, I'm so tired of my kids with their noses stuck in their phones that I'm always encouraging them to go off and play D&D with their friends. And some of my kids have gotten into D&D now and, or other role-playing games, and, or they come and play with dad. And my wife and I, we go and we play. We actually have a date night with some friends and the us and then another couple we play Dungeons and Dragons once a week. So but it's just such it's it's such a funny turn of events that now people would be happy if their kids would go off and play role-playing games because at least they're socially interacting, right? And you're learning problem solving skills and you're using your imaginations. There's so many great things. So that's gonna be my pick is just role-playing games in general, like real life, get together, talk and play role-playing games and not just stick your nose in your phone. I like that a lot. Um, so my, by the way, let me just chip in there. We actually are going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons and Star Wars and Star Trek and the My Little Pony role-playing game at NG Comp this year. So (laughs) it's a big organized event. Oh, you were going to, (laughs) oh, no, it's perfect. That's awesome. I'm very excited for this. Uh, I think it'll be very, very fun. Um, and, and I've never played the, like, any other ones besides Dungeons and Dragons, so I'm excited to check out these other ones. Let me be clear that it is optional, right? <laughs> one of the events going on, there are going to be plenty of other people that are off either doing karaoke or just hanging out at the, some of the parties and other fun things. Uh, this is, it's, oh, it's always NG Comp that I wish I could be multiple places at once. There are too many fun things going on. Same. <laughs> Uh, So my two picks are actually two very similar groups that um, I think are awesome. And I just got to spend a lot of time uh, mentoring in one and it's View Vixens. And this is a group created by uh, my amazing coworker, Jen Looper, uh, who's a senior developer advocate at Progress um, working on native script. But she also has just started this group uh, called View Vixens. Uh, and I like her description. It's a, a mission to create workshops to teach Vue.js in a cool and fun way to foxy people who identify as women. I think that is an amazing description of that. But um, we, it's a really nice uh, intro to Vue and gets you like up and running in Vue, creating applications not only for the web, but also for um, like native mobile apps. 
But we did it at ViewConf this year and we had a table um, for the View Vixens to sit and run through a workshop in the beginning uh, before the conference started. And I met some amazing people. So uh, I'm a big fan of that. And that leads into my other pick, which um, is NG Girls, uh, which was created by Shmala Jacobs, who is a proud new mama. Um, and she did such a great job with NG Girls, and she was inspired by Rails Bridge, which is actually another uh, Rails thing that I went through in Boston, and Django Girls. Um, and Shmela's group can be found at ng-girls.org. And View Vixens, you can, uh, we're open to hosting workshops and mini workshops and all kinds of things. And we give you a bunch of information on our repo. And that's info at viewvixens.org to talk to us or viewvixens.org to see the website. Um, but yes, uh, View Vixens and NG Girls are uh, some awesome groups that are coming together. So I'm very excited about those. Um, and can you just give us a quick, uh, dates and website again for Framework Summit, Joe? Yep. FrameworkSummit.com, at Framework Summit on Twitter, October 2nd and 3rd, Park City, Utah. Awesome. So thank you all. Thank you, Natter. Thank you, Joe. And thank you all for joining us today. And we will see you next week. Later. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.